Hi there and welcome to Naturally Recovering Autism. I am your host, Kieran Thomas, and I wanna thank you so much for being here and being a proactive parent and getting the resources that you need to let your child live their most fulfilling and independent life possible. When my own son was diagnosed with autism, I was told to drug him and try behavioral therapies and there was nothing else that we could do for him but manage his symptoms the rest of his life. But I didn't wanna do that. Fortunately, my background in craniosacral therapy Look, now 30 years, let me know that the brain can and does heal, but I didn't know that much about autism. What I did know is that I didn't want to just mask the symptoms with dangerous drugs. I wanted to find the causes and work with them naturally. And fast forward, it took me a decade and a lot of time and effort, but today my son is no longer diagnosable with autism after being told it could not happen. So I'm here to share with you valuable resources to save you the time and some of the expense that I had to spend to figure it out and to help you let your child lead to their best results possible. Every child's level of recovery is different, but we know that children who couldn't sleep through the night are sleeping now through the night and happily. Their immune systems are now strong where they were once sick all the time. Children who were nonverbal and their parents were told they could never speak are now speaking. Children who were getting D's and F's in school are getting A's and B's. And those that were so anxious all the time and couldn't sit still and, and were uncomfortable in their own bodies are now calm and happy and relaxed. And they're leading fulfilling and independent lives with friends. This is what we want for our kids. So I'm here to share the resources with you so that you can get the best results for your child the best possible. And you can start that right now with my free download of this top seven foods to eliminate beginning today of the top foods that are the most inflammatory and toxic that are contributing to those physical and behavioral symptoms of autism that your child is having. They're making his life uncomfortable. So you can get that right now at naturallyrecoveringautism.com forward slash seven foods and feel free to share that with anybody you know who would be interested. And I will also link to it in today's show notes. There's of course a lot more than diet, but this is something you could start doing today that will begin to reduce those symptoms. And I'm happy to share everything I can with you. So right now, let's dive into today's episode. Well, hi there. And again, thank you so much. Thank you so much for being here because it's so important to get the resources that you need for your child. And we have a topic today that is so top of mind for many, many parents between COVID and keeping us home and more isolated between uh, some parents not knowing if they cover all the vaccination requirements or having uh, questions around that. So they're homeschooling their children. I wanted to do today's episode around homeschooling and I have a guest who is a professional at this. Uh, I have some friends I even talked to recently who had said, you know, they have four kids of different ages and they were saying, Karen, we, we want to do this, but we don't really know how. We don't think we're that good at it. I know with children with autism, we have a lot of different, you know, questions of can I, is my child isolated? Will they focus for me? How can I get them to focus better? And you know, of course, you know, a lot of the resources that I share with you are around the biology and helping your child to be able to focus better uh, and concentrate due to some of the toxins and inflammation in their body. And of course, if you haven't gotten my free seven foods guide that I just mentioned uh, there in the introduction, please get that at naturallyrecoveringautism.com forward slash seven foods. 
because it will help to start reducing that inflammation in the gut, which then reduces the inflammation on the brain. And of course there are many steps, uh, but to, to, to autism and, and helping your child to thrive and communicate better and focus better. But diet really is the very first step. So make sure you get that free guide. It, it is really helpful. Um, and many parents tell me they noticed changes of, of their child was so much calmer and they were able to focus better. Uh, and learn more uh, just even from the diet changes. So that is available to you right now. Um, I'd like to introduce to you uh, Jackie Wheeler-Weeb. She is a longtime homeschooling mom and the founder of Homeschool Think Tank. And we will make sure that you have her resources um, also uh, from at the end of the show, we'll give you those resources and link to a page where I will also have all of her resources for you as well. Jackie founded Homeschool Think Tank in 2018 and her philosophy around homeschooling is to focus on connection first, then community and then curriculum, because it is important to be able to connect with your child. And it's a it's special time. I mean, I know when I was, I did homeschool my daughter for a period of time and we had so much more quality time together that I'm very, very grateful to now that she's 20 years old and lives away at college. You know, you, you have so much more of that quality time with them. Jackie has also authored the book, the, the book, Think Homeschool, Live and Learn Your Way. She wrote this book to help parents decide if homeschooling is the right choice for their family. And it's available in audiobook, ebook, and paperback. And then through the Homeschool Think Tank Parenting Podcast website and community, Jackie strives to connect homeschool families with one another and the resources that they need, which is so valuable. So thank you, Jackie, for being here today. I really appreciate your time. Thank you, Karen, for having me. So I'm excited to be here. And I want to acknowledge if you heard my phone ringing in the background, I'm so sorry. I forgot to turn it off. <laughs> so anyway. You might cut that, you might not, but I wanted to acknowledge it. So you're right. When you talk about my philosophy about connection, then community, then education, I have found that that is the most effective way to homeschool my children. And when I look around, I believe that the most successful homeschoolers are following that general philosophy, whether they're actually aware of it or not. So I definitely think focusing on connection first is really vital. And when you say focusing on connection, um, maybe give us an example of, you know, just the thought of being around your child more and spending more time with them because Parents first, a lot of the time they have the concern or the fear, I think, the worry, will I do a good job? Am I good enough at this? Uh, we'll talk a little bit today about uh, autism in general. A child with autism, they might have uh, some more issues with focus and learning ability or staying calm and being able to, to do things from home, questions about uh, isolation and social uh, pieces as well. So um, I know that you've done a, a lot of podcasts on different subjects. Maybe you could give us some background for parents that could be helpful around um, the, those pieces. What, what do you suggest and what have you found from your experience when you talk about connection and moving forward? How, how do you uh, suggest parents kind of 
help to decide and um, and what to do really because the how to is what parents really wonder about what the best ways are and things to do uh, when you're homeschooling. Well, first, let me give you a little bit of background about how I came to that philosophy. So I have two daughters and they're both teenagers now. And one is nearly done with her homeschooling journey. And the other one is entering her high school years. So I would say early on as a mom, and I was always a stay-at-home mom. That is a choice my husband and I decided on before we were even married. But I really feel like I focused on connection. That is exactly what I did. I spent tons of time reading on the couch with my kids, playing games with them, doing arts and crafts with them taking them on play dates into the children's museum, all of these things. And it's what, it's just what you do when your children are really young. But then when they turned five, well, when my oldest turned five, I should say, my focus began to shift because what do we do at least in America and in many other parts of the world, when our children turn five, we send them to school. So we had already made the decision that we were homeschooling. And I suppose you could say I felt the weight of the public education system on my back. So we were now officially homeschooling and I'm going to digress for just a moment. Because with COVID, there has come a little bit of confusion in the word homeschooling. Homeschooling is truly a legal designation. In many states, you have to legally register your children as a homeschooled student. So I went through those steps to legally register my children as homeschooled students when they turned five. And do you have resources for that? Is that something that people just basically just Google, you know, say I live in California, like, um, you know, registering my child to homeschool in California, or is it per county or per town? Well, I, I have a, a blog on a post on my website, an article. Okay. And it's how can I homeschool or how do I homeschool my kids? I can give you the link to that when we're done. And it, walks you through step-by-step how to do that. But the other really easy way in America, I don't know the answers for every country, but you could Google your, the department of education with your state. And that will, that will help you find that pretty easily. But let me also caution people. You want to also look for a homeschooling organization that is specific to the state that you live in or the country that you live in. Because let's say in the United States, the laws vary widely from state to state. And by locating a homeschooling organization, you are going to get more accurate information for where you live because A homeschooling organization's goal is to promote homeschooling. 
And it, it, we want to help you actually do this and succeed with this. The Department of Education's mission is to keep kids in public school. So you're not always going to get exactly the right information sometimes when people, <laughs> when they don't want you to actually homeschool their, your kids, they want you to keep your kids in public school. That's I did in the best that. interest. Mm-hmm. There was, there was some pressure and, and, uh, you know, they tried to the regular school system cause they're losing their money. They, they were trying to keep me from homeschooling my daughter when we were doing it and, and make us, you know, kind of in a sense, almost bully us, making us, us feel like we shouldn't be doing that. And it was a, a cheap way out kind of thing to, to not, you know, uh, or, you know, an easy way out kind of thing. I thought, what are you talking about? You know, but she says the homeschooling that she got is, was really the best education she got in all of her years of school. So that says yeah. something too, right? Yeah. So, and, you know, and I want to be very clear with your listeners. I don't believe homeschooling is the right choice for every family. I believe it's a really great choice for many families. So I don't, I'm always encouraging people to homeschool, but I want you to consider your own personal circumstances. It might not be the best decision for your family and that's okay. So, so the, what I was digressing to was the word homeschooling. When I'm using the word homeschooling, I'm talking about people who are legally homeschooling now, if, and I've started calling that true homeschooling. Now, if you are doing public school at home, you're, it's not homeschooling. It's you're doing public school at home. So whether that is through one of the online, let's say like K-12 charter schools that are funded through the public school system, if it's funded through the public school system, it's public school. If it's, if you homeschoolers in America are pretty much you're paying it for yourself. (laughs) Nobody else is doing it. So there is a difference. And I know a lot of parents have started calling, calling it homeschooling when they're doing public school at home, but it's very different. And here's where some of the big differences lie. It's in your mindset. When you're truly homeschooling your own children, you know, like you completely own the responsibility for your child's education. But when you're not truly homeschooling your child, you are sharing that responsibility with a public education system or maybe a private education system or something else. So that's sort of, there's a big mindset difference there. And you also, this is what's really important to understand is your choices as a homeschooling family are much greater when you're truly homeschooling your children, it, and I've, I've really tried through my, the homeschool think tank parenting podcast to share this message. And it's because I want parents to understand that they're not homeschooling. If you're doing public school at home and if you're hating it, true homeschooling, you might actually love So that's that I, I feel like sometimes that parents might just be thinking this is homeschooling and this is what it's like. And I absolutely hate this when in fact, it's nothing like truly homeschooling. And 
it's very different. And your options are much greater when you're truly homeschooling your kids. And, you know, I know through public schools, there's an individualized education plan an IEP, but let me tell you the greatest individualized education plan you can give your child is by homeschooling them. That is when you can truly gear your child's education to your child. And I think that is an amazing gift, I suppose. I think we are so, I suppose you could say blessed to have that opportunity in America because it is, homeschooling is not legal in every country. And, and homeschooling actually increases, in my opinion, the rights of all parents, because when homeschoolers fight for the right to homeschool their children and they're fighting for parenting rights is what they're fighting for. And that that's how I feel about it. So anyway, I've digressed a whole lot there. Bring me back, Karen. (laughs) So the true homeschooling you're talking about is basically you being able to create your child's own curriculum. I'm assuming here versus telling you what you do. And so how do you know what curriculum to do to, to give them a complete education? I mean, are we able to just, is anyone able to just modify it to not only their child's interests, because you also have to cover, I think by law, in a sense, you have to cover a lot of the general topics, you know, history, math, reading. Uh, So how how does a parent go about figuring out their curriculum? Okay. I would say first things first, read up on the law where you live. So if you live in the United States, you definitely need to look at your state's laws around homeschooling. And we have resources that send you to the right direction on the homeschool think tank website. So definitely look at that. And then you also need to understand there are a lot of different ways that parents can approach their child's education. And I don't tend to think there is a one size fits all. I think there are a lot of things to consider when you're deciding how to approach homeschooling your child. So the next step would be understanding many of the different styles of homeschooling. So just to give you an example, many parents, and I think most people who homeschool and me included, when I started homeschooling my children, I followed what you would call a school at home model. So basically you're emulating what is how things are done in the public school system at home. So I'm not kidding you, Karen, when I started, I remember like my kids putting on their little backpacks and I had them step outside the door took a picture of him on the first day, you know, and then we went in and we sat down at the kitchen table at 8 a.m. and we did the Pledge of Allegiance and okay, now we're going to do this. And I had everything all lined out. (laughs) Well, there's a really big problem with that. And 
this is, oh, this is where I was, I'll, I'll sort of come back to where I came up with the philosophy connection community and then curriculum, you know, as far as where your focus goes. Well, that right there, that's the day I started changing my focus from connecting with my children first to focusing on curriculum first. Because it felt like you had to like, I felt like I had to do it like they do things at school. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. That's exactly right. So, and I, and just to also give our listeners a little bit of background, I was a physical education teacher before I had children. And so I was never a classroom teacher. There is a big difference. I was a physical education teacher. So I really had a picture of what school looked like, not only as a child, I went to public school, but as a teacher. And so, so yeah, I, I started shifting my focus toward curriculum and here are some of the problems with doing that. Number one, my home is not a school period. My home is a home and I don't have the same environment. I don't send my children out to recess and have somebody else watch them. I don't send them off to lunch and get a 30 minute break or a 40 minute break, whatever you might get as a teacher. I don't, I don't have somebody else telling me exactly what we should be doing, but I had a feeling of what I should be doing and I, I let all of those feelings impact how I educated my kids. And I'll tell you, I started reading about unschooling, which is another style of educating your children before I, before my kids were even homeschooled age. But even as I started opening my mind up to that style of educating your children, and I can expand on that in a minute, but I, what was I going to say here? So even as I started understanding, you could do things differently. I think in our society, we have been so well taught that this is how things are done, that we have a really hard time seeing another way. So I think something that you can help that can help your, your listeners is if you can start recognizing that school does not equal education, education can happen at school, but education can happen in many other places and many other ways. And in my opinion, your children are being educated all the time whether you're being intentional about it or not, they're learning, they're learning all of the time. So in my opinion, education is about helping a child learn more than it is about me teaching. And you can guide your children to learn in a lot of different ways. And here's one example that's really simple and easy for parents and just people in general to understand. Let's say when your child is learning math at say a first grade level and they're learning about adding and subtracting. Well, the way that might be approached in a traditional school setting and whether it's in 
a school or you're doing a school at home method as a homeschooling family would be through a workbook. And your kid is learning how to add and subtract through a workbook. But aren't there a lot of other ways to help your child learn how to add and subtract? Can you play games? Yes, you can play a lot of dice games. And, you know, let's say with multiplication, Yahtzee is a fantastic game to help your children with multiplication. There are a lot of games you can play and your children can learn the same concept. So really, when you're helping your children learn, the focus should be on the concept, not on the curriculum. So if, if your child is struggling learning through their curriculum, whether you're a homeschooling family or whether you're doing public school or private school, then you might want to consider another way to help your child learn the concept because it's the concept that matters. It's not the curriculum that matters. The curriculum is a way to learn the concept. Does that make sense? It's such a good point. My, my daughter's biggest issue in public school was it was so boring. She said, I just can't stand this teacher just stands there and talks at us. And, and then we get an assignment and, you know, there, there was no, or very little interaction and, and as you're saying, you know, Scrabble or, or you know, yes. for, for teaching words or Yahtzee for math, math or even cooking recipes, like, you know, learning your, your ounces and your, you know, uh, your measurements and your, and adding and subtracting and um, doubling a recipe, things like that can be great. It's time spent with your child. It's quality time, but it's interactive. So it's so much more interesting. And yes. Uh, and then I know for my son, from a young age, he was just like over the charts with brilliance. I mean, one of those kids you could just tell was just super, super smart. And and everything, like if he wasn't challenged intellectually enough, he got bored very quickly. And, you know, there's all this, the, of course, the sensory issues that, you know, a child with, especially with autism or sensory overload, ADD, anything like that, sitting in a classroom is just like torture for them. You know, they've got to be able to get out. And as you're saying, even at home, you've got to have a break. Okay, kids go outside and play in the yard or <laughs> run around the block twice, something where, you know, they, they can release some energy too. It's not just about sitting in one place for hour after hour um, with very little break or interaction. So let's yeah, talk about breaks. So important. Yeah. Let's talk about breaks, right? Yeah. Quick. Because parents so, also don't have a lot of time too. So we should also, I'm curious, like how you work with that time. So let's, yeah. Talk about breaks. And then so I started right very much following a public school at home type model over time though. I like many homeschooling families, I can't say all, but I think an awful lot of homeschooling families quickly realize that we're not a school and things are different. So breaks are important. And when I first started, I tried to time them for 15 minutes or 30 minutes or whatever time frame I seem to think was right. right which logical, right? Just, let's time this and maybe I'll give us some, some structure. Yeah. Well, you know what? Over time, I realized that what my children were doing in the backyard was just as important mm -hmm. as what I was teaching them. They were learning all by themselves. We had this hillside at that house and they would go out there and dig 
rivers down the hillside and take the garden hose up to the top and get all these little rivers going. And then we seem to have snails there. I've never seen snails around here except for that yard, but they had little snail wedding ceremonies and (laughs) they played with their little horses out there. But then you know what? All of those critters they found in the backyard, guess what kind of books we were looking at at the library? Books about bugs, Mm -hmm. books about reptiles. And to this day, my daughter is enamored, my youngest daughter with reptiles. And that spilled over in a book that I really love is by Peter Gray, and it's called Free to Learn. And I would suggest that book to every parent, whether you're homeschooling your kids or not. Okay, I'll link to it in the show notes. It's a fantastic book. And that book talks about how children learn naturally. And so here's how my children were learning very naturally before they turned five, reading all of the time. And then... I can't remember how old my oldest daughter was when we got into say the American girl books, but that led her down a road toward an interest in history. And then she really, as she got older, got into the Rick Riordan books. Yeah. I think yeah, I'm saying his name those. right. My son was really into those too. Yeah. Yes. But do you know that really is so she really started following a lot of her own interests, right? So she really got into history big time. And then she started because of those books started doing research on Russia and then she learned about the Romanovs and then she started writing a lot more to the point where I think she could be an author someday. And so there is a natural progression for children to learn when you allow them to follow their interests. That's not to say that we shouldn't help our children learn things that are important, right? that maybe they're not, their natural interests aren't leading them to. Well, the more stimulating and, and the more emotion behind something, because the interest is there, the more we learn of anything, you know, if you, if you teach something in a story, people are much more apt to listen to, to remember the, the important points of that versus if you just give a bunch of facts because you want to create, it's how the brain remembers is from the emotional connection that, that you have with it. Um, so yeah. And I'm, you had mentioned nature too. I'm a huge proponent of nature. I mean, kids aren't getting out into the earth and, you know, even gardening is a great thing to do, teach them to grow their own, you know, fruits or vegetables, or just plant something and watch it grow Mm -hmm. or, Um, you know, playing in the dirt is, is really valuable too. taking them to the beach, let them play in the sand, teach them, you know, they want to learn about waterfalls, take them somewhere where there's a waterfall, you know, take them camping. Um, All of those things can be really valuable. And, and you also with homeschooling have more freedom and free time and, and ability to do that, especially even during the week while everybody else is in school. So things aren't as crowded and you can maybe get in. Um, versus just on the weekends to, to go to those places. It's part of your, you know, your natural education too. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I'm trying to think here. I was thinking of something while you spoke and then I let it go as I listened. You're talking about oh. stimulating. 
Yeah. Well, and I want to make something clear. I do think curriculum has its place. And I think there are some excellent curriculum options out there. It absolutely has its place. And both of my kids follow various curriculums. I'm generally pretty slow to say exactly what curriculum they choose they follow though. And here's why, because I don't think that just because that's effective for my kid, that it's going to be effective for your kid. I think that you really need to consider your child and how your child learns best. I Karen am a very auditory learner. I listen to a lot of podcasts. I love podcasts that works really well for me. Some people though are much more visual or much more hands-on. And I think, I think that you just need to be flexible in how you approach education. It doesn't always have to come out of a textbook. Um, I think this is where I have connection. And let me say this, I think connection with yourself is just as important as connecting with your child connection is really important. And one way that I think parents can connect with themselves, let's say you're thinking, Hmm, maybe homeschooling's for me. When you're done with this episode or at your earliest convenience, or actually schedule a time to do this for yourself, sit down and write all your thoughts about homeschooling, your negative feelings, your positive feelings, how you think homeschooling would look how you think it should look, put that first. And then how you think it could look if you let your mind go a little bit and open the realm of possibility, just write it all down, sit down and have what Brooke Castillo, I love her podcast, the life coach school, what she calls a super thinking session, sit down and have a session like that with yourself and just think through it. And then actually just to the day that we're recording this episode, I released an episode called should I homeschool my kids? And you can search for it on my website. And I have a list of questions there that you can ask yourself and some things that you might consider about should I homeschool my kids? But I think just opening your mind to the realm of possibility that there are a lot of ways to help your children learn is really important. Well, as you mentioned too, some kids are audit more, more, some people are more auditory, some are more visual, some are more kinesthetic. And it's really important to incorporate all of those things. And again, it helps with that emotional stimulation, but, but it's also how people learn. And, and that's why even in my, in my membership program, I'm like, okay, we have very short videos for the vi- visual people. Uh, we have, everything is transcribed. So there's in text form, um, there's hands-on things that they do in it, uh, you know, so because I understand that everybody learns differently and it's important um, when you're, when you're doing that with your child to, to understand how your child tends to learn better, best, and, uh, and, and, make sure that you incorporate that into your learning process with how you're teaching them. So how, how do you come up? You said there are some excellent curriculum options. Do you have resources on your website? Some ways I do have some resources on my website and you can go through there and find them. I'm actually getting ready to organize it a bit more so that there are some good options because, okay, here I'll, I'll say one here for you. 
I love teaching textbooks. I think it's an excellent math curriculum. I think there are also a lot of other excellent math curriculum options out there, but that is one that I really love. But you know what? At one point, my oldest daughter decided a free resource. Okay. I'll throw out a couple Khan Academy worked really well for her because there was always another YouTube video she could watch about how to do something that started working a little bit better for her because she could just keep watching more videos until she got it. Right. So that's something that was effective, but you know, what else is effective? Let's go back to this philosophy. We have connection, connecting with your child is really important. And if you can find a way to teach something while connecting with your child, you're that much more ahead and not necessarily always teach, but help them learn. Go ahead and learn with your kids. You don't have to be an expert about anything. You can learn with your children. There's nothing wrong with that. And quite frankly, homeschool think tank started because I was trying to help my own kids and my daughter wanted to publish a book. And so I started looking into how to publish a book. And then I realized, well, I'm going to have to learn how to market a book too. Right. And because you can write a book, but if nobody reads it, it doesn't matter. So in essence, that was a way of me to, I was learning with my children as and this sort of came about. That's literally why I wrote the book initially. I'll tell you a little about this. I wrote it because I didn't even know I was going to write about homeschooling the first day I sat down to write a book. I wanted to learn how to write and self-publish a book. That's what I wanted to learn so that when my daughter was ready to publish, I was able to help her. But my first day of brainstorming was, what do I know a lot about? And it turned into, well, I know a lot about homeschooling. I think I could write a little book about homeschooling. And then I started thinking, well, what aspect do I want to go into? And then near where I lived, we were one of the communities that had a school shooting in 2017. And I just wanted to stand at the top of the rooftops and shout, homeschooling, homeschooling, because I knew there were so many parents in pain and looking for options. And so I decided to write it to help parents decide if homeschooling is the right choice for them and to just raise awareness. But COVID certainly raised awareness around homeschooling. But that was, it it really, and then I started realizing how many struggles I've had as a mother over the years with homeschooling. And I started coming up with solutions to solve those problems. And so that's sort of how homeschool think tank started, but it really started by helping my kids and recognizing my, my kids needed more too. So learn with your kids. That's where that was from. And then, so with connection, you know, you're connecting with your kids, but then community, don't we all learn better when we do things together? So that's where I'm wondering too, if you, uh, you know, there are a lot of homeschooling pods. I actually did an episode on that, that I'll link to in the show notes for this one as well, um, where I give some resources. Those have become popular where maybe four families will get together and they'll, uh, maybe even hire an educator or they'll, or they'll share the, the, uh, education each day or who's the educator of different days. So that also parents who are, um, need to work. They don't have five days, seven days off a week. They, they, you know, need to be, have to go to work. So 
that way on, a, on the days maybe that they have to be at work, they, another parent, another family can be, um, be the one who's educating. And then they can, then that parent who had to work those days can be the one who educates on different days. So, you know, there, there are a lot of uh, time issues involved and, and also the socialization that, that parents want to make sure that their kids are getting as well. So whether you're educating with other families or with other children, that's an option with the pods. Um, there are also a lot of extracurricular activities, you know, even getting together and going to the beach or the park or whatever, but things that you can do with other families with kids, your, your children's ages so that they do have the social Avenue. Absolutely. And so that's also, we have a community. My community right now is geared toward the parents to give parents a way to connect with one another and to bounce ideas off of each other. But I've also started offering while I can't, I have limited slots available. Let's put it that way some one-on-one coaching and the first call is complimentary. So you can even do that with me where you, let's say you're thinking about homeschooling, you can get on and I'm not going to tell you, yes, you should homeschool or no, you shouldn't. But what I can do is ask you some questions and maybe share some information that you're really wondering about and just help you start working through whether that's a good idea for your family, or let's say you've already decided, yes, I want to do this. Well, then we can go to the next step and start talking about, well, what do you think that would look like in your family? And how do you want to go about this and just sort of troubleshoot some of the obstacles that you might be having? So this is something that I'm doing to help parents because, and then I can also help you find communities where you live. And I actually even have some links on the website that sort of guide you toward down that, that down that path, because let me tell you, there are a lot of communities out there and it can be pretty, once you sort of know this, the inside language, I suppose, on how to find them, it makes it a little bit easier, but I'm also starting to help share those communities through our website. That is something that I want to do because I recognize that people need to find a local group. So if somebody's listening to this and you have a local group that you would like to share on the homeschool think tank website, reach out, there's a contact us button at the bottom of the website. And go ahead. And I also would like to help parents get things started in their own communities, because I do believe it is so important. And there are a lot of different ways that you can run a homeschooling group and a lot of different ways to bring people together, whether it's around a certain subject area or whether it's around something you're really interested in, but you can be the one to start something in your community. So if you're sitting back thinking there's nothing here for homeschoolers, guess what? It's time for you to step up. And it doesn't mean you have to lead it. It sometimes just means you have to reach out. And I'll give you an example. Years ago in our community, a homeschooling mom reached out to our our local community college and said, Hey, do you think you could offer physical education classes for homeschool families? And do you know what they did? And then at some point they didn't want to run it anymore. But by that point, it was established enough that another mom stepped in and took over the program and she ran it. So 
the mother who started it, she just got it started. She just got it going, but that program went for years. And I think it sort of halted with COVID. I don't know if it's picked back up or not, but, but you can be that person that, and it doesn't have to be something like that. It could be a local artist in your community. Maybe you know somebody and you say, Hey, do you think you could do some art classes for homeschooled kids? Maybe online, maybe in person, depending on people's uh, level of comfort with the COVID pandemic. Right. But yeah, that's a great idea. You might have a, a parent or a friend who says, I'm great at math, but I'm not that great with English. And then the other not somebody else they know says, oh, the, I'm great with English and reading and writing, but I'm really terrible at math. Then you can also take your strength and be the one to help with that. And mm-hmm. same thing with art classes. Uh, I know that things like karate or dance classes and all that will uh, be, um, you know, that you, they get credit for um, the physical education aspect. Yeah. But yeah, there are a lot of people that are open to things if you ask and you don't know unless you ask, but as you're saying, Jackie, these, these connections to have with these, with other people and the support are really important. And, and, uh, so Jackie, let's, um, where can people find you? I will link in the show notes, uh, on my website when I post this on that, on a page of its own with this podcast, I will link, um, to your resources, but why, why don't you give them now? So people know where to find you. Here's the easiest way to find me. Go to homeschoolthinktank.com. I have links there to any social media. I have it to the podcast. Everything you need is right there. But if you're looking on social media, look for homeschool think tank. And since you have a podcast, Karen, definitely go subscribe to the homeschool think tank parenting podcast. If you are interested in hearing more. And we bring guests on our podcast, just like Karen does. And I, I share a lot of knowledge and information that I have and resources through the podcast. So that's, that's how you can find us. Great. And I, I did, I went in and listened to a couple of them that were, you were giving some, some great ideas and ways to do certain things that I think uh, parents would find really helpful. So um, Jackie, thank you so much for being here and for what you're doing too, to support parents, because it's so important for, for these resources to be available. And as you said, you're increasing the the resource availability on your site um, because, you know, people might be in a, a small rural community, but they don't realize that you know, two blocks away, somebody is, uh, or, you know, the next property over, somebody is wanting to homeschool and looking for somebody in their community, or, you know, just to be able to connect with people, or as you're saying, with, um, with different ways to do that. Uh, So your resources can be really helpful. Um, Do you have anything else to say before we wrap up today? Really, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for having me as your guest. I am honored to be a guest on your podcast, Karen. And Thank you to the listeners who are listening. If you have feedback, I would love to hear from you because sometimes when you're podcasting, you know how this is, you are speaking, but it's a one-way conversation. I love to hear from people and you're welcome to join our community. Again, you can find that at homeschoolthinktank.com. So thank you again, Karen. I really appreciate it. 
It's my pleasure. And I, again, thank you for what you're doing too, Jackie. I think this will be really helpful for a lot of parents um, with, uh, you know, COVID or without COVID uh, changes in school and also with um, things that are being made mandatory in school that parents uh, feel, you know, is not the right, you know, route for their child, um, the way that, that sometimes uh, things are taught different things that, you know, that it's nice to have different options, but the resources as far as what to do and how to do them are so important. So again, thank you. And thank you uh, for listening and being here and being a proactive parent and getting the resources that you need for your child uh, and, uh, and, you know, helping them have the best education, the best life, fulfilling life and quality uh, that's possible. And uh, as I mentioned earlier, if you haven't uh, gotten my free seven foods guide, please do that now because it is a way to eliminate those top seven foods. So just to start somewhere that will help reduce the toxic load and the inflammation that affect the brain that help, you know, keep your child from being able to learn as clearly and easily as they can and, and be able to focus and concentrate better and sleep better and be more calm and relaxed. So those things are really important. And uh, I want to make sure that I can help you on this journey as well. So uh, thanks again for listening. Uh, if you've enjoyed today's podcast, it's been helpful, please share it with others and, and yeah, give, give us a, um, you know, a review on iTunes or Spotify. Also, it helps others to find us because there are a lot of parents out there that need support. So that's what we're here for. And again, thanks for being here. And we look forward to seeing you soon. Take care.